Welcome to season three of the Retail Tea Break podcast. My name is Melissa Moore, the Retail Advisor, and each week I'll be joined by industry experts, retailers, and product creators to decode the myths, share knowledge, and give you an insight into the industry. So grab your cup of tea, sit back, relax, and listen in to season three of the Retail Tea Break podcast. Today, I'm joined by a man who's previously held roles with PwC and Deloitte. He has extensive retail knowledge and experience, having worked in the retail sector with Musgrave Retail Partners Island, where his role involves supporting independent retailers to maximise their profitability. His current aim is the continued development of Bank of Ireland's retail growth strategy, and he's actively supporting leading retailers and stakeholders in the sector to grow and develop their business in a sustainable manner. Head of retail sector with Bank of Ireland, Owen Clifford. Welcome to the Retail Tea Break podcast. Thanks, Melissa. Thank you for having me on. Delighted to be here. I'm delighted that you've joined us as well. I've got lots of, I think, interesting questions that a lot of our listeners and and the viewers will probably need answers to. We know things are getting a little tricky out there, so I'm delighted Mm -hmm. to have someone who's really knowledgeable answer those questions for me. But look, before we kick off, in the age-old fashion of this podcast, in the time it takes to boil a kettle, which I'm told is about two minutes, tell us a little bit about you and your role within Bank of Ireland. Perfect. Well, I suppose a little bit of personal background. I'm a Kerry man that's exiled in Cork at the moment. <laughs> um, I've led Bank of Ireland's retail proposition for the last seven years, and I'm part of a, of a sectors team, Melissa. And the, the sectors team was put in place because the, during the last financial uh, crisis, I think some commentators, they, they evaluated what had actually gone wrong. What was one of the reasons for it? And as one commentator said, I think too many um, financial institutions, they had their, their backs to the window. So they weren't getting an external view. They weren't speaking with their customers and they were operating specifically, I suppose, in, a, in an echo chamber. So how Bank of Ireland addressed this was um, putting together a sectors team. And all of us are recruited from our respective sectors. We're passionate about our, our industries. And I like to consider ourselves um, like the, the Avengers of, of Irish <laughs> I love that. Without, without the costumes or, or the superpowers, obviously, but... It, it is, look, it's a unique um, proposition and, and look, it's great because it allows me to be an, an advocate for the, the Irish retail sector and getting out and meeting and engaging with retailers across the, the, the 26 counties, which is absolutely the best part of my role, because I suppose it, it, when you're out and, out and about, you're, you can act as a sounding board for retailers, you can get a, give them a different perspective and, and you learn so much from being out on the shop floor in the business. Not, not behind the desk. That's not where you're going to find out where the, the needs and concerns of the retail sector are. So I'm not a house cat. It's, it's great the last couple of years or the last couple of months to be able to get back out on the road again, meeting retailers, having been stifled through COVID and everything for the last couple of years. And, and, and thankfully, look, the, the feedback in terms of, of, of our proposition has been really positive, Melissa. Um, and look, in, in my role, I, I engage with a, with a wide range of retailers from multi-store corporates to, 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 to one-store um, operations and looking, really looking forward to the rest of, of 22 and, and, and 23 in, support, in supporting retailers as, as they try and grow and, and, and develop their business in what is look, a, a challenging environment. But there, there's also opportunities out there as well. I'm looking forward to, to supporting them with that, you know. 
Fantastic. And what I think I've always really loved to kind of when I've read what you've either been quoted as saying in, in the papers or even the conversations you've had is the honesty, Owen, instead of the doom and gloom, instead of the kind of the, oh, my goodness, retail's collapse or, you know, it's going out of business. You've just been brutally honest, which I think an awful lot of people within the industry, whether they're retailers or suppliers or wholesalers, that you talk the way they do. But I suppose how are we now you know we've we've talked mm. about where we've come from with covid how in your opinion how is the sector performing right now in this kind of as we go into autumn 22 yeah i'll, I'll give you a, a Kerryman answer that's <laughs> a bit like asking a Kerryman for directions but it's <laughs> like, what they'll generally what they'll generally say to you is it depends where you're coming from and <laughs> i suppose it, it, it's very similar you know with the the, the the retail sector and the irish retail sector it's such a broad church and mm. um, that you know any commentary on the performance needs to be um, nuanced and, and reflective of the subsector the location the type of sales model they have is a, st is a store online or on the mix of all of them and I, I think you're right look a, a lot of the, the media outlets and the commentators out there they're, they're taking a broad brush approach you know and it's, it's very very generic and it, it reminds me a little bit of chicken little you know it's something the sky is falling down you know because it goes from from online on, when online was going to be the, the death knell of, of local retailers then it was COVID. Then it was the problems with the supply chain coming out of Asia. Um, unfortunately, now we're dealing with a cost of living crisis. But if we're looking at, I suppose, the, the last couple of years, the, the sector has proven really resilient. And even in the latest CSO numbers, um, the, the retail index, we're looking at 9.5% um, of sales volume increase compared to, to the same period in 2019. And that excludes um, bars. And, yeah. and cars but what's happening is that the the, the media are taking it on a, on a month by month basis and there's been so much fluctuation and so much change and because of covid restrictions or whatever that that's creating headlines oh retail is up and re retail is down people aren't, aren't spending anymore and it's you need to take a much longer term uh, approach to, to to grasp what the tr what the actual trends are and i take a lot of comfort from the fact that compared to 2019, which was a normalized trading environment, that volumes are up 9.5%, you know, not going to value and the value because obviously with, with inflation prices are coming up, I'm looking at the, the actual volume levels. And, and I suppose from speaking with retailers around the country, it, it's quite clear that the renaissance of our regional and the suburban stores, they're still continuing. I'm seeing from the retailers I'm engaged with strong inv investment um, in their stores, revamping their stores. Now that's primarily grocery and convenience because they have performed you know quite well over the last and i month. think actually jumping in on that owen that's yeah. really exciting i am seeing new store openings whether that's with bigger kind of as you said the bigger nationals or even smaller people are mm -hmm. doing shop refits left right and center that's got to be exciting that there completely. is an investment or a reinvestment happening within the industry no completely and i think i think from there there's a couple of triggers that, that, are, that are that are driving that melissa what we're seeing is that um, undoubtedly, a number of UK fashion retailers in particular would have left the Irish market because they were just um, retracting their, their, their overall um, base on a worldwide basis. So that's given opportunities for Irish retailers to get really high profile um, sites in, in, in prominent locations at, at, at better terms of what they normally would have been from a lease perspective. And, and again, that's great for them. You know, it's a new opportunity. It, it mightn't even be for a long term. It could be just for a pop up at, and on a seasonal basis. But again, it's allowing them to engage with a new type of, of customer. And what we're also seeing is that I suppose COVID was a catalyst for a number of, of retailers to say, 
now is the time to, to move on. Now is the time for the next generation to take over. And what we're seeing is that's the, the next generation are getting an opportunity now to purchase a store, take over a family business. And I think, I, as, as I said to somebody recently, that's vital for the vitality of the sector. It's, it's absolutely crucial that we're seeing that, that, that next generation coming through. So those opportunities are, are great. And look, I, I don't want to be seen as completely un unbalanced. You know, you said about being honest, that there, there's, there's challenges out there as well. Absolutely, there's challenges there. Personnel, look, we're, we're, we're in a period which thankfully we've, we have very low unemployment, but that's creating challenges for, for retailers. And it's not alone re recruiting the best people, but actually retaining the best yes. people as well. It's, it's getting really, really difficult. And I, I'm seeing that particularly in, in Dublin where linked to the, the cost of living crisis, I suppose, and the cost of accommodation that some people who traditionally would want to work in, in Dublin city centre from, from a lifestyle perspective and from the bulk that they'd have get, got out of it are now saying, this is costing me too much. I'm going to move and I'm going to go regionally or into the, into, into the suburban areas. And those retailers are, are, are getting the opportunity to have th those staff. But on the flip side, with, with every talent, there's an opportunity. And what I'm seeing is that the retailers are now they're now seeing the opportunity to invest in, in people development plans because for, for, for too long, I suppose, that was ignored. They now recognize they need to have a really strong development plan in place which trains up their, their existing staff and makes sure that, th that those people that are in their business have the right skill set into the future for the business. So um, that, that's really, really positive. And I think the other area we're seeing is that retailers are investing appropriately in, in automation and in technology, which is it's taking out those really labor intensive, the drudge type tasks, which that when the staff were told this is this is on the agenda, they were going, oh no, one of the things you know that was pushing people away from elements of retail. So being smart around that, investing in technology, taking out that that ma manual intensive type task, which means then the knock-on effect is that you're you have happier staff. And you've happier yourself, better service, more engaged customers. So again, opportunities are coming from the from the challenges. And the, there's, I suppose, the other big one at the moment, which a lot of retailers, um, especially the, the those that have, um, a, I suppose, a heavy reliance on refrigeration and air conditioning, the cost of energy as well is is a it's, it's huge at the moment. We have seen headlines recently about cost doubling and and trebling for people, and in a in a tight margin business, that that's that is significant. But again. The, the opportunity that's coming is with that is that people are investing in energy efficient equipment and operations and that there's a long term hopefully and I, I think we, we are pretty sure that the energy spike is, is going to be temporary but if you're looking at the long term energy efficiency and a focus on on the carbon footprint that's going to be long term it's it's coming to we're seeing it with international suppliers they're expecting the retailers that they deal with to have an appropriate carbon footprint ESG is is on the agenda for, for corporates, it's on the agenda for the consumer, it's, 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 it's not going away. So anything that will support uh, a business in reducing that carbon footprint into the long term and making themselves more energy efficient is going to be a benefit for the business into the long term. So again, opportunities coming from challenges. And I think that's what, when I'm talking about meeting with retailers at the moment, that's what I'm trying to get across to them. Yes, we're in a, a very challenging time at the moment, we need to look at where the opportunities are and how we can actually drive those opportunities to support them into the future, you know? Sounds fantastic. And I love the idea as well that the opportunities that you're seeing and that key retailers are seeing out there 
are for the long term. This is for the sustainability of the business. But also, even when it comes to something that, like you've mentioned there about, you know, better refrigeration that might be better sustainably for the long term, your customers now expecting this. So again, it's a really nice way of sharing a good news message or a story, mm. whether that's mm -hmm. people retention, whether that's investing in people, or whether that's investing in refrigeration, that sharing those good news stories with the customer makes them want to shop with you so it, it is again it's this win-win that yes there yeah. are issues out there but if you seek the opportunities it's a winner for everyone I love yeah. that idea no, I hate please. to kind of I hate to almost bring us backwards now and talk about the negativity <laughs> but it would yeah. be really remiss of me not to ask you while I have mm -hmm. you on yeah and I know we've touched upon that you know the media don't help sometimes and I think those are the in, within the industry get quite frustrated that they're open the paper they're listening to the news on the radio and yeah. it can be doom and gloom talk of a recession you know and it's definitely been out there yeah is it coming what's your insight and I suppose is it already affecting customer sentiment yeah the, look I, I think with, with customer sentiment I'm, I'm always a, li a little wary because I think you know there he said one time there's more fiction written on excel than, than on words you know and uh, i think we need to be careful in how data is and customer surveys are are interpreted because look e even during during because of lockdown the, the, the fluctuating nature of spend patterns and, and, and everything you know it's been hard to to establish what real recurring trends are because it hasn't been when, when restrictions were lifted you got that bounce up yeah and then it, because of you know news coming again then it was coming back down so that, that what i said earlier around you know comparing week on week and month on month is probably not appropriate because it's not not long term enough to get a get a trend but undoubtedly look what sentiment has been has been affected that we're we've all been bombarded with bad news over the last couple of years you know it's been the brexit crisis the COVID crisis supply chain ukraine and then cost of living now and i i think that, that level of fatigue from, from people is reflected sometimes in the answers that they provide to, to the surveys for, you know, establishing the, what, what sentiment is as well, you know, everybody, you know, if somebody's asking you in a survey, you don't want to say, oh, I'm, I'm fine, you know, it's kind of, I think that element of fatigue is going, it, it, is feeding into it, but if we look at, at the facts, um, and we're in, in Bank of Ireland, we would monitor the, the save, the personal saving levels that, that, um, that, that our customers would have, and, and, across, and the Central Bank of Ireland would also do the same across, across all, all, all of the, the banks. And the, save, the personal saving levels, thankfully, are at, at record levels. You know, they're, they're very, very significant. And that's a big difference compared to the, when the last recession hit in 2008. You know, people were really, really leveraged and the level of, of savings that they had were nowhere near what we had at the moment. And then we're also seeing, you know, aligned with that, that the spending data that, that I alluded to earlier is still ahead of, of, of um, you know, pre-pandemic pre levels. So, but look, the, the constant commentary on, on inflation, that's undoubtedly, that's going to impact on, on discretionary spend. Um, you know, we're, we're, as humans, if we, if we continuously hear that, you know, we're going to say, God, do I need to pull back yeah. in terms of my, in terms of my, my spending? And Look, I don't want to be to be flippant. You know, I think that over the next couple of months, it's it's going to be worrying times for some people because you've got back to school costs, the the energy costs. There's going to be more of a requirement as we move into the the, the winter months, and then you've got people who treated themselves because they had been locked down for. You know, they treated themselves over the summer with with holidays and and foreign holidays and and whatever. You know that those they start repaying holiday loans, so there is going to be a pinch 
you know, for, for, for some people undoubtedly. But but I think we can take comfort that based on the savings data that is there, there's also many, many people that can absorb this. And I think if we can, if the media in particular continues to be, you know, so negative that there's a danger that, you know, it becomes self-prophesizing and we nearly talk ourselves into uh, in, into a into a recession. And the next couple of months, they're, they're critical for, for retailers. Um, I've been speaking with, with, with leading retailers over the last couple of weeks around what, what trade has been like during the, during the summer months. And thankfully, Melissa, look, it has been, it's remained really robust um, during the summer months. And what the feedback they're saying is that customers are definitely more value conscious. Um, and I think when, when I'm having the conversation with retailers, I'm saying to them, they have to careful around around the value element and there's an onus on them to demonstrate that value isn't just about price that yes. value value is is multi-layered value has to be about quality about provenance about the the after-sales service that they provide the accessibility the the customer service value is all of those those elements and they can't just focus on price because if they start focusing on price it becomes essentially nearly a race to the bottom and a discount, a discount spiral which impacts on, on what the customer perception of the store is, of the retailer is, of the product is. And in, a, in um, what is a, a low margin business, if you start discounting, it, 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 it can, going back to the point that you made, it can impact on the sustainability of the business into the long term. So they have to be really conscious around that and, and, and shout about that appropriately around the, the value that they're bringing. And again, just not focusing on, on, the, on the price level. But, for, but taking it on, a, on an overall basis, yes, there is pressure on, on there will be pressure on discretionary spend over the next couple, couple of months. But the position that we're in as, as a nation and the, the opportunity that's there for retailers who continue to engage with their customers, it's still there. And it's a, we're in a much better position as an economy and we can take... Uh, than we were back in 2008 and we can take uh, comfort and positivity from from that over the next couple of months that's that's really good to hear and I think that's encouraging yeah it's going to be tough yeah. and you've said that and you've been really honest again but I think as you say we'll we'll get through this by the sounds of it it isn't going to be as scary and we all remember 2008 so well I think it's it's very much still there with so many people but it's great yeah. to hear then that actually we keep doing what we're doing and we stay focused especially in so many of those areas that you mentioned we'll get through it but I have to say and I was beaming when you use that word value anyone that has worked with me or has been to a training or a webinar that word value is so incredibly important and understanding Please. that value doesn't mean slashing your prices and ruling Please. your margin and literally giving away your stock because that's not expected nowadays but what is expected oh. as you said is the expertise it's that aftercare service these are things that actually as a retailer you do for free but it gives you long-term customers and it gives you loyal customers um, and as we head kind of into this golden quarter, like we are heading like a juggernaut towards the Christmas kind of season, as I, yeah. I say that very loosely, whether that kicks in after Halloween or whether that kicks in, you know, yeah. as you said, yeah. as soon as back to school is over. Um, yeah. How would you suggest that really retailers and makers out there make the most of this? You know, bearing in mind what you've just said about, you know, it is going to be a little bit difficult over the next few months. The cost yeah. of fuel and heating your home and isn't going to go down. Um, so the money that is out there, whether that's savings for those that have it or whether it is really what's coming in month for month for many people, how can retailers make the most of those sales coming in? 
Yeah, I, I, look the, I think you're right. The next quarter is absolutely critical. And, and from speaking with retailers, um, leading retailers and progressive retailers out there, they're focused on a, on, on a couple of areas and, and I'd support them um, in the areas that, that they're focusing on. The first one, it seems it's retail 101 and it's what we just spoke about there. It's, it's excellent customer service. It's taking the time to, to meet, to listen to their customers, to act on the feedback from the, the customers. And look, the strongest relationships that are out there is where, you know, you get two-way communication is completely embedded. And, and, and you know, retailers that demonstrate that, you know, they, they're providing advice, knowledge of their product and service. Um, and, and the customer then, where the customer feels that their, their feedback has been acted upon, I think the, that's where you have a really strong relationship. And that's the best way to build to build loyalty because um, if loyalty has been built on, on on price only, that's a shaky foundation. So you know, the, it's all about the service and getting that excellent customer service in, in, embedded in the business. So that's that's the first area that the, those progressive retailers are are going to be really targeting over the next next couple of months and shouting about that. The other area then is around um, omni-channel, and I suppose retailers being channel agnostic really and and having that that integrated mix of, of online and and physical store that is you know no longer and that you would operate in, in in silos because as customers look we all we want to be able to browse online we want to be able to browse in store we we want real-time pricing we're getting really demanding um, we want next day delivery um and, and i think retailers realize that you know having an end-to-end system where that incorporates click and collect, click and reserve, um, virtual showrooms where we as customers can personalize our, our, our products. That's really vital. But I think the overarching thing around all of that is that it's user-friendly yes. and, that it's reli- and that it's reliable. You know, there, um, it's, it's having a system in place, with, you know, without uh, appropriate contingencies or without it being user-friendly, uh, it's, it's, it's just, it, you can actually be brand damaging. We've seen in the last... Um, week or so Waterstone put in place a new a new system a new management system and, and what happened was that they just didn't do the the background work in terms of the, the contingencies and now what you have is that the the individual stores around the country are running out of stock of, of new releases so what you've done is you, you've annoyed your 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 um your stores you've annoyed your customers who can't get it and you've annoyed your publishers who are saying new releases are getting out there and 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 the and the, and the customer can't get them so you know, having, having it robust, having done the appropriate testing and not just rushing in to do it because it's required is, um, is, is key. And look, I think what, what I'm seeing is where the best omni-channel um, systems are in place is where it's, it, it, it's integrated and it's smart. And, and I think it's, um, look, that it's using the stores appropriately. I think the, the last couple of, the last maybe 12 months in particular, I've been um, working with retailers to make sure that they maximize the use of the individual stores that they have and the physical stores that they have in conjunction with their online offerings. So if using data appropriately, if somebody um, orders online and that data picks up, gets the geolocation, and if there's a store in 20 or 50 kilometers that the order is fulfilled from the store as opposed to being fulfilled from a central warehouse. So number one, you're getting a quicker delivery. Number two, you're reducing the carbon footprint. Number three, it's it's you're hopefully um, able to entice the the customer into the store, maybe with with a smart offer, and say, you know, you can pick up a bonus if you collect in store as opposed to us delivering. And and then there's an opportunity for the the 
there's a retailer to, to upsell. And also it's very handy in terms of returns as well. It means that, you know, you're getting around that issue for a lot of people around charging for returns, stuff which they don't want to do. But if you, you can have something where return into the store, no cost with it. So, But it's but actually it interesting is, you say that because, what, and what you're not saying, and again, I'm listening to this, is that all these little things are making life easier for the stores. It's making life so much easier for the customer but it's also got to be adding to your bottom line. And even whether right. that's not in sales, it's adding to your profitability because you're being more efficient. The lack right. of returns, hopefully, is also adding to that bottom line. So even though you might not technically be increasing your sales, you're really minding and protecting that margin, which again, over the next right. few months, with the cost of your, your electricity installs going through the roof, and we know that, especially in the grocery sector, that you are just being a little bit more careful. You are it's, no, no. It's it's absolutely that it, it does feed. Everything has to feed down to, to the bottom line, and this and that type of smart use of the stores is driving if it is driving efficiencies, especially as you said, from cutting out deliveries, cutting out all those costs. And I think, look, undoubtedly, what I've seen from the last Melissa from the last twelve months is that the most the retailers that are getting the most productive return from their from their online are those that are utilizing the store infrastructure behind it really, really smartly. So that's something for people to, to focus on over the next couple of months. And the other area, it's something that was developed um, and, and, and there was a reinvigoration of it over the last, um, dur during COVID was the whole area community. And, you know, shopping local um, and demonstrating the positive in, impact that the retailers are having, be it on employment, but also like the social fabric of, of, their, of their communities. And, there's an opportunity that, and, and they're sorry, there's, first of all, there's um, a worry that maybe some of that could, you know, could be eroded and people forget, you know, with recency and everything, people just forget about it. So they need to keep reminding people yeah. of that over the next, the next couple of months, why, why it's important to shop local, why it's important to have vibrant communities and, and they can be smart around it. You know, what I've seen and that's worked really well is where um, local retailers have, have come together, they've created nearly a, a partnership or a, an, an, an ecosystem where their, their own products are, are on each other's online platform. So they've got nearly a marketplace. Um, and then that means that the, for, for, re, for the customers looking in, you're exceeding their expectations because they, they can access in one, in one easy, easy place. And then it's also for the retailer, it's driving alternative income for each of those individual retailers as well so it's something smart to, to focus on and then look the other area as well that we that we spoke about it's all about value and about yeah. that and i think with with, with with value we spoke about what the, the about the product and about everything that they that they that they give but they need to take it retailers need to take a step back and see as well what's the market perception of my brand and of my store and does the, the look and feel of the store, does my marketing material, um, does the communication that, that I have online, does that reflect the actual proposition that I'm providing, be it in terms of quality or be it in terms of price or be it in terms of the overall breadth of what I'm providing to the, to the customer? You know, sometimes it's, as retailers and because it's been so busy the last couple of years, you know, you become... Um, completely immersed in mm. getting getting um, getting the job done, getting the product ordered, getting it onto the shelf, and not taking the step back to see what's the perception of my store and what's the perception in the market, especially in a value conscious market 
Um, how am I going to be different to, to my competitors out there? And, and what does the customer think of me and how can I change my, my offering or change the communication subtly to, to, to keep engaged with the, with the customer? So they're the key areas um, at, at, at the moment, you know. And I, I think, look for, when I'm speaking with retailers, what I'm saying to them there's for, around the value piece, it's probably, there's three things linked to value. You have to deliver value, you have to demonstrate that you, you value the customer, and then you also have to reflect the community values. So it's three different ways of looking at, at, at value. And I think if you focus on those, you're well positioned you know, for the next couple of months. I think it's a really strong message. And again, perfect timing this time of year as we lead up to Christmas. And mm. as you said, it fits really nicely and again with this shop local kind of initiative, which we have to keep driving because this is really what's going to keep our local economies going as times get a bit tougher. Well, Camille, I can't believe that we've been talking so long and so many nuggets here to take away. But before I let you go, Owen, final question. What's coming up for you and I suppose and Bank of Ireland over the next few months? Yeah, look, the next six, next couple of months are very, very busy. Thankfully, what the, in, in terms of a, a lending perspective, which is a, the, the focus where I'm supporting supporting retailers around the country, there's the, the first element would be around the, the store store purchase activity, trying to close out those store purchase activities. And that's really exciting because it, it's seeing new retailers coming into established businesses that are there and putting their own stamp on the business and, and trying to embed themselves into the community. So supporting them to, to grow and develop their business, be it a, a retailer taking their first step into store ownership, which is great, or else a, a retailer who has decided with their family, we're going to, ex we're going to expand, we're going to have our second store or our third How store. exciting. So really great. That's great. And there's a lot of a, a strong pipeline of that business coming in the next couple of months. And the other area then is around um, revamping the, the stores with a particular focus on energy efficiency and and put and and, and getting that that um, energy efficiency processes and equipment in place. Um, people are very conscious of that. So again, supporting retailers around the country with that is, is going to be taking up a lot a lot of my time. Then on a broader on a broader basis, look, I, I suppose we're seeing that there's a number of banks that are leaving the, mm -hmm. the the Irish market. So there's there's retailers out there who are maybe worrying around what what what's the next step going to be for me so so thankfully through through word of mouth um look, i suppose our proposition is recognized as as being strong and that we and say it that we are really really committed to the yeah. to the retail sector and bank of ireland so i have a number of uh, meetings with with retailers who are seeking a long-term partner and and again that's that's exciting because for, for myself i'm meeting new businesses seeing how um the different businesses operate, what their plans are and what their their future growth ambitions are and how we can help and and, and support and support them in, into the future. Um, and then per personally, personally, um, I have myself and my wife, we have a six month old twin girls. So we have, a, we have a christening coming up. Um, I have my baby brother who's 32, but he'll always be a baby in our family. His <laughs> wedding is coming, is coming up in two two weeks time so um with all all family events like that great fun um great excitement and i suppose a bit there'll be a bit of drama along the way as well which is always good so um, i love, times, I love yeah, that times ahead yeah keeps times. you grounded i'm sure owen keeps you oh, grounded. it does it does absolutely absolutely well, well, 
Thank you so much for joining me today. A fascinating conversation. And I think real truth and honesty and so much of what you've said, as you've said, not only from your own background within the industry, but speaking and talking to so many retailers, I think it's just given a really good, fresh perspective in what we're looking into and a real honest kind of viewpoint as to what's coming down the tracks. But hopefully I'm sure a lot of listeners and a lot of viewers will really appreciate because I think it's just calmed the mood a bit, that it's not all doom and gloom coming up, that it, it's a lot more positive than I think many of us thought it would be. So, Owen, I will certainly uh, pop your details up as we, we pop this podcast out. Uh, connect with Owen on LinkedIn. And please, if you've enjoyed today's podcast, please like, share and subscribe to the Retail Tea Break podcast. And in the meantime, I will see you next time. Thanks, everyone.